On this premiere episode of Pixelated Skeletons with Spears, we celebrate video game music from the 8-bit era to modern day, with a look at just a sample of what to expect in this series. Another visitor. Stay a while. Stay forever. I hope you brought something stronger than a portal gun this time. Fatality. It's time to kick ass and chew bubble gum. And I'm all out of gum. Destroy him, my robot. Ah, the arcade. The lights, the sounds. I'm sure at one point we all put a few quarters in some machine somewhere. For me, I would take my bike and head over to the bowling alley that had a modest arcade. This was my introduction to such games as Pac-Man, Gorf, Galaxian, and Battlezone. Eventually the arcades would give way to home consoles and computers, but you know, I still do feel a sense of nostalgia when I hear that familiar Pac-Man theme. Video games. Love them or hate them, they've been a part of our life for over 40 years. Whether you're a hardcore gamer or just play Candy Crush on your phone, you've been touched by video games and, by extension, video game music. That's what this show is all about. Celebrating the art of video game music. Now hopefully you'll recognize some familiar favorites, but I'm also hoping that you'll discover something that you've never heard before. My name is Rob Daniels. And as of this broadcast, for the last 19 years, I have been hosting a movie, TV, and video game radio program called Visions and Sound. A few years ago, I started to notice a trend. There seems to be a sense of nostalgia for video games in the air. Now, for me, I did not grow up with a Nintendo Entertainment System. My first console, if you could call it that, was a Commodore VIC-20 and then, by extension, the Commodore 64. Now, this is not to say that I won't be featuring any Nintendo game music, but, again, it's just not the system I grew up with. I like game music in all its forms, from the early 8-bit music of Paul Norman to the modern masters, Gordy Hab or Austin Wintry. Now, to kick things off, let's take a listen to 1983's Forbidden Forest with music by the aforementioned Paul Norman. The original Forbidden Forest, for me, defined my childhood. In fact, it was the very first Commodore 64 game that I ever saw. My first console, well, actually it was a computer, was a Commodore VIC-20 with a data set. Now, for those that are kind of younger than I am, games used to come on audio cassettes. The data set was just a tape machine that was connected to the computer. I then moved on to a Commodore 64, which I actually had until 1993, when I finally moved on to a PC. Now, if I remember correctly, it was Christmas 1986 when I first got my 1541 disk drive. Man, what a day. Again, I had a data set up until that point, and while cartridges existed, the games were somewhat limited. You know, Jumpman Jr., Gateway to Appshy, that kind of stuff. The first game disc I ever received was Forbidden Forest. While primitive by today's games, the game did actually lay the groundwork for what would be the norm in gaming today. Music that changed with the situation, progressive timelines, day to night, and 3D backgrounds. As much as Mario defined those early NES days, it was Forbidden Forest's Archer that defined my early C64 days. Now, while some may be put off by the harsh 8-bit SID tunes, the name of the music chip, these were the sounds of adventure. Even now, there's that twinge of nostalgia that I mentioned when I hear this music. In a bit of an interesting twist, Paul Norman was a musician first and a programmer second, which is 
Odd when you think about it, but the proof is in the games he produced. Aztec Challenge, Super Huey, and of course Forbidden Forest. While he probably wouldn't admit it, many consider him a pioneer in the gaming industry. His opening theme from Forbidden Forest is especially effective, as well as probably his most famous piece of the victory dance. Now, you'll hear it in, the, in a bit. 8-bit or not, it still sticks with me today. I will definitely get into more C64 music in the future, just wanted to give you that little sample to get things started. 
Just so you know, as much as possible, I will try to present the music from the original soundtracks or recorded from the original source. In fact, That Forbidden Forest was recorded from my Commodore 64 probably a couple of years ago. Moving on to my PC days. In the height of the point-and-click adventures of the mid-90s, LucasArts came out with some of the best games in that genre. Day of the Tentacle, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, The Dig, etc. At that time, I was tasked with doing video game reviews for a local community TV show, oddly enough, called The Computer Program. The very first game I reviewed was Rebel Assault, and that was followed up by Full Throttle. In my experience, Full Throttle was unique. It was like playing an interactive cartoon show. It had humor to it that I really appreciated. Now, wind-up bunnies crossing a minefield to the strains of Ride of the Valkyries. After playing the game almost day and night, a luxury afforded to me by my job, I was able to finish the game in three days. Peter McConnell's music has a definite Western feel to it, giving the feeling of the Man With No Name movies. Now, what surprised me here were the songs. I had never heard of the Gonjackals before, but was intrigued by their music. Turns out they were truly a biker band. Peter McConnell told me in an interview about the day that they showed up at his studio on their bikes. It was something I don't think even he was expecting. Unfortunately, McConnell's music was never made available. I even contacted LucasArts to see if they could provide me with some music, but to no avail. All was not completely lost as the world of online purchasing opened up. I actively sought out the Gone Jackal's music. I turned up the album Bone to Pick. It had all of the songs I was looking for. There was a full throttle promo released that had three songs, but it's almost nearly impossible to find these days. A follow-up for the game was planned in 2003, but was never released. I was told by Peter that uh, the music that he wrote for the game is locked up in the vaults at LucasArts. Now, with Lucasfilm's sale to Disney, I think it's doubtful that any of this music will ever see the light of day. No, so for now, we'll have to enjoy the music from the Gonjackals album.
Also, I'll follow this up with uh, music from another point-and-click adventure, The Dig, which actually did get a release on Angel Records. Now, I'm not going to say too much about The Dig, but what I will say is this. I'm definitely featuring it in a future program. Trust me, it's definitely worth it.
For a while, I was a bit of a console snob. I fell in love with the Sony PlayStation back in the day. I played the game Star Wars Masters of Terrace Cassie? Terrace Kasai? D- depends on who you talk to, I guess. On a friend's PlayStation and was almost immediately hooked. After buying one, I did have a few games for it, but one that I rented and, after playing it, bought almost immediately was Metal Gear Solid. The music affected me so much that I actually spent weeks trying to translate a song from the end of the game. The best is yet to come. Metal Gear Solid continues to be one of my favorite console games of all time. I had discovered the power of PC music with the soundtrack to The Dig back in 1996. However, Metal Gear Solid, in my opinion, bridged the gap between game and movie. It made a truly amazing experience to the point where I became involved in the game on an emotional level that I had never before experienced. It came to a head when I reached the Sniper Wolf snow level. Now, I'm going to go into game spoilers here, so just just so you know. After taking down Sniper Wolf, you come to find her lying in the snow. She is dying due to being lung shot. She begins to tell you her tragic story and eventually asks you to set her free. Not wanting to see her suffer, you comply. The music here is absolutely perfect and makes an emotional impact that actually brought me to tears. I believe, not for me, it was that moment where it was no longer a game, but a piece of art. I was fortunately able to find it and Silent Hill online. I waited for this moment. I am a sniper. Waiting is my job. Never moving a muscle. Concentrating. <laughs> I am long shot. You cannot save me. Please. Just finish me quick. I am a card. Always dreamed of a peaceful place like this. A curd. So that's why you're called Wolf. I was born on a battlefield. Raised on a battlefield. Gunfire, sirens, and screams. They were my lullabies. Hunted like dogs day after day. Driven from our ragged shelters. That was my life. Each morning I'd wake up and find a few more of my family or friends dead beside me. I'd stare at the morning sun and pray to make it through the day. Governments of the world turned a blind eye to our misery. But then, he appeared. My hero. Saladin. He took me away from all that. Saladin? You mean Big Boss? I became a sniper. Hidden. Watching everything through a rifle's scope. Now I could see war. Not from inside, but from the outside. As an observer, I watched the brutality, the stupidity of mankind through the scope of my rifle. I joined this group of revolutionaries. Take my revenge on the world. But I have shamed myself and my people. I am no longer the wolf I was born to be. In the name of vengeance, I sold my body and my soul. 
Wolves are noble animals. They're not like dogs. In Yupik, the word for wolf is Keglinek, and the Aluts revere them as honorable cousins. They call mercenaries like us dogs of war. It's true. We're all for sale at some price or another. But you're different. Untamed. Solitary. You're no dog. You're a wolf. Who are you? Are you Saladin? Wolf. You spared Meryl's life. She... She was never my real target. I don't kill for sport. Rest easy. You'll die as the proud wolf you are. I finally understand. I wasn't waiting to kill people. I was waiting for someone to kill me. A man like you. You're a hero. Please. Set me free.
After I stopped being this console snob, I returned to the PC, and there were so many different scores that I didn't even realize were there. But that's where I'm going to leave it for now. Over the coming weeks, I will be presenting music from a wide variety of games, from 8-bit to PC to console and beyond. As a little bit of a treat, I'll end off the show with a look back. Sort of? I recently discovered a Commodore 64 game that was released in 2018. Yes, you heard me right, 2018. The game Organism proves that C64 nostalgia is alive and well. In this case, with a modern twist. The game actually gets a CD soundtrack by composer Saul Cross. I'll be back next time as Pixelated Skeletons with Spears celebrates more video game music. <laughs>